1: So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumbie and Alan Witch.
0: Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold Be Bold here with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, how are you today?
1: I'm having a great day. Looking outside, it's October and there is... Complete blue sky in Portland, Oregon today, and I'm happy guy. Got no complaints whatsoever. Woke up this morning. That's great. Every day that uh, I get up, it's a great day. How about you, Chris? How's it going
0: in Florida? Florida's great. You know, this time of year down at the beach on the uh, Gulf of Mexico is superb. Uh, in fact, it's so funny. Um, I was out and doing a little dream building. I uh, where I normally you know sit and. Looked out, and there's this 120-foot yacht. And we don't get a lot of that here because it's beach, and we don't really have, um, unless, you know, you go to Panama City and you go down to Destin, uh, you will, you know, see larger uh, yachts coming in, and, you know, not so much 120-foot you know, yachts. This thing's $100 million. It's owned by a guy out of uh, Saudi Arabia, and uh, it just happens to be down throughout the Gulf, and, you know, that's where they, you know, obviously... Uh, uh, keep it, and it just cruises around, but this guy gets off the uh, boat and uh, walks into, uh, my friend saw this, I, I didn't, um, but he walks in to go play tennis uh, in a little uh, place called Watercolor uh, that has a great tennis pro there, a good friend of mine as well, and he walked in and uh, brought his, you know, extra clothes, and uh, there you go, I mean, it was pretty amazing, and I was doing some dream building, so it was perfect. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Yeah, we don't get, uh, uh, we, we get the smaller versions of those yachts. They usually, they line up with, uh, you know, what's in your matchbox, you know, the little, little, little tiny cars that you can <laughs> buy for your kids. We have those around here. Yeah, no, we have some of those. Uh, but that's fantastic. But it, and I, and I got to admit, folks, if you haven't had a chance to, to uh, really see where Chris is, um, you know, do, do some, do some research. And uh, he's really in, you know, a, a a really great place in the country. And uh, it attracts a lot of uh, unique people and unique opportunity. And I just enjoy hearing about uh, what's going on there. But uh, anyway, I digress a little bit. Chris, what do we got going today?
0: We have five. Uh, well, we have always great guests coming on. But I, I, I'm extremely excited to learn about uh, our guests today and, and um, their adventure. I for something that we haven't done a lot of, you know, and we have a lot of authors and speakers and, and, and um, certainly uh, different um, people that do online but this is a little different. It is online, and I'm excited to hear about the journey, and not only that, what they're uh, what they're up to, and where the vision is going. And uh, they've built a, a pretty well. We've had an opportunity to talk a little bit prior, and and we saw you know such a, an amazing story come together just in a short period of time. So this goes on a deeper dive today, Alan, and I can't wait. So don't you, as always, get the party started.
1: I will be happy to do that. You know there's uh this brings uh should i say a a uh really kind of a unique uh perspective and and a little bit of memory for me um i spent 25 years in architecture and designed a lot of uh vacation rentals for a lot of uh probably the top five vacation rental ownerships uh in the world and uh what we're talking about today is managing vacation ownerships but what we're going to do is we're going to paint a completely different picture than what might be on your mind right now when you hear the word vacation rental and what does that really mean and uh, is it is it something where you have to buy into uh or is it the airbnb and what are the what do those two things have to do with each other and how do they pertain to me and i'm excited because i know this company i've watched this company grow they're local to me uh, I know a lot of the background of a number of the employees. I've done some research, not that I knew them before, but uh, knew a little bit about uh, where they've come from and what they've done and what they've been able to build. And they started out in 2009 uh, with one house and one idea. And uh, just a, a few years later, they're talking about uh, uh, working in some 20 different uh, uh, you know, states across the country, and 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 uh, I think up to a dozen countries now, and they got about a thousand employees. And I'm excited because we, Chris and I, talk a lot about disruption, and we talk about disruption in all sorts of different industries. And they have figured out a way to disrupt very effectively and efficiently the vacation rental property. And I'm not gonna 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 let the cat out of the bag to. Um, define exactly what that is. I'm going to let them do that. But uh, today we have the co-founder of Vacasa, uh, Vacation Rental Property Management Company, um, with us today. Uh, and uh, the co-founder Cliff Johnson. So Cliff, uh, welcome to the podcast show. And also Sarah, welcome to the podcast show.
2: Thanks, Chris and Alan. We're happy to be here today, uh, just across the,
0: the street in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. So, you know, Cliff, you guys, obviously, you know, my favorite opening to, to the show is, you know, where people start and, you know, where did this idea germinate? Um, and from there, you know, the journey that you've taken to get where you are today. Um, so there's a couple of questions in, in there, but I'm going to give you a third one to think about as well. So and I'll recap. and And where are you going? So you know, where did it germinate, what was the journey, and where are you going? And, and we'll give you as much time, you know, to give us uh, some insight um, and a little background on you. You know, where did this, you know, as you were germinating, where did this, you know, all come from so that we can inspire people, that ideas can, you know, grow, and, you know, obviously this one did, and, and we're really excited to hear it.
2: Well, certainly. I'd be happy to speak about that, Chris. It's one of my favorite topics, so. Um, Yeah, the idea really came from the way that Eric, uh, my co-founder, ran his property um, in Long Beach, Washington, that Ellen alluded to earlier. And so uh, Eric's wife, Aaliyah, had inherited, well, basically inherited the responsibility of taking care of this 400-square-foot cottage in Long Beach, Washington. And if if you don't know where that is, it's a small town just over the border from Oregon, um, close to the mouth of the Columbia River a beautiful little town, but the property needed a lot of work, and so they had to put a lot of time and effort and money into it, Um, and they were looking around trying to find a local property manager to take care of it and make some uh, rental income off of it, and they got a lot of people that weren't interested, first of all. It was a 400-square-foot cottage without an ocean view on the wrong side of the highway, so it wasn't in high demand at the time. Um, But they also they they found there was a lack of motivation amongst the local managers, so the projections they got back were around $3,000 gross rent per year for the house, which hardly seemed worth renting it out at that point. Uh, So Mm -hmm. Eric and Aliyah decided to run it on their own, and they did quite well with it. They made $23,000 in gross rent in the first year. Uh, They had a a great house they worked with, and so they kind of blew the local competition out of the water on that one property. Uh, but when so I met Eric, from,
0: and, and, oh, go sorry, ahead. Cliff, just to just to ask the question, it went from barely making anything, and when they took it over, you know, making actually a very substantial amount of money off of one, one little property.
2: Oh, definitely. And uh, I would say this property was uh, artificially improved by the fact that there was a there was a heavy restriction on adding new rentals in the market, so the gotcha. Demand for the market was restricted in that way. Or, sorry, the supply okay. in the market was restricted.
0: Right. And so that helped right. the
2: property, but that's still not a unique story to homes that we brought on with Picasa. And Many times we'll bring on a property that's just been sitting there uh, and not making much money, even though it has a lot of potential, and we're able to turn it around and, and convert it into a, a high-income producer. Um, that actually was the foundation for something that's now a, a, a big piece of what we offer, which is a, an income guarantee for homeowners that come on with us. And I'll get more yeah. into that a little bit later, but I guess just to get, um, you know, finish off the, the origination story, uh, when I met Eric, we actually met over Craigslist. Uh, he had posted, I, I was an attorney at the time. And uh, he posted this somewhat cryptic job description of a uh, looking for someone interested in entrepreneurship. To, he had a business, uh, an environmental business, at the time I was interested in, and you know, so I, I was somewhat skeptical when we met. I was like, "Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens with this." Um, but it turned out we had a great meeting the first time we met. I think we ended up just uh, talking for two hours about just all sorts of things, more, uh, you know, business philosophies and and thoughts about. You know how to run a business for something more than just running it to earn a profit and found that we have a lot of similarities and and ambitions so uh, at the time that i met him you know we we weren't really sure what that would lead to Uh, he had this concept of a vacation rental idea Uh, at the time we were looking at uh, did it make sense to do full service management or just a booking service where we didn't have local operations or anything we were based in portland which uh, and, you know, at the time, didn't allow uh, many vacation rentals at all. It was a, a narrow definition that only applied to commercially zoned properties. So we really couldn't do business on the full-service side in our backyard. Um, so we got together and, and really focused on both models to start. Uh, we, we started a booking service model uh, and a full-service property management model. The full-service model, we, we were really only applying to the Oregon markets, which were the Oregon coast, uh, Mount Hood, and Central Oregon. Um, and we, we got a lot of properties in both areas. It was easier to get properties on the booking service and to describe the difference. With booking service, we were doing the marketing um, and handling reservation inquiries, things like that, uh, getting bookings for owners. But it wasn't exclusive, so they could book on their own or you know, other management companies could book for them. Uh, And then the full service, we made exclusive from the start. So in that case, we would work with the homeowner and do everything for them from booking, marketing, setting the rates, uh, taking care of all the maintenance of the home, uh, managing the housekeeping. So the full process was ours. We had a lot more control of what the product became. And it was a much messier organizational chart. So uh, there wasn't as much competition in that space as there was in the booking service space. So we, we launched both in March of 2010. It took us a few months to get the software up and going and, and finish out the business model, um, take care of all the legal, um, legalese and everything. And once we, once we launched the business in March of 2010 and launched both models, we really took off in terms of adding properties under the booking service model, um, but we were also slowly adding properties on the full service and finding that those properties were performing much better because we had full control over them. So I think the best decision we ever made in the business was to abandon that booking service model early on, uh, just finding that we were having to work twice as hard to manage other Mm -hmm. people to manage their homes well compared to the homes we had full control over, which we were able to execute quite well on. Um, So that really was the thing, that was kind of the lightning in the bottle, where we found nobody was doing that well in most of the markets we were working within. Um, sometimes there would be a local manager that would have 20 properties that they would do pretty well with, but they would usually do one side or the other well. They would take care of the property or they would rent it well. Hardly anyone was out there doing both well, and nobody was doing it on a distributed basis. So so that was the big differentiator for our business early on. Um, but as you both know and you've heard a lot of stories from entrepreneurs, if you just have one good idea and that's all you do, quickly everybody catches up. So. Um, for us, the, the biggest thing that's driven us forward since that point has been the ability to adapt and change on the fly. And I think you know, staying nimble as we continue to grow has enabled us to continue to have differentiators that separate us from the rest of the field. And this vacation rental space is, is such an interesting space in the sense that um, it wasn't on the radar when we started the company you know, six and a half years ago. And at that time, what we were doing was pretty novel and unique on the distributed management side. Since then, you've seen a lot of companies enter and and attempt that. Some have succeeded. Some have failed. Um, We're the second largest vacation rental management company in the country now, behind only Wyndham, which largely grew through acquiring ResortQuest and some other large companies. Um, So we're really the only one that's grown organically to this size. And that's something that we're really proud of because we learned how to do this business the right way, one home at a time early on, before we ever acquired another company. So that's something we're quite proud of, but it's something that we also try not to get too caught up in our accomplishments uh, because, you know, once you're stagnant, you're falling behind everybody else. So that's been an interesting journey up to this point, but that's something we definitely look forward as we grow is, you know, how do we continue to, to offer these differentiating factors? Um, in our space, they can happen on both sides. It's the income side and then the quality of care. That's what our homeowners care about. And so we're always focused on how can we ensure that you know, we're providing the, a great experience for guests, getting great reviews. Um, you know, some of the things that are out there now are along the lines of noise detection systems to prevent uh, parties at homes. That's something homeowners are always concerned about. Um, we've had a world-class rate algorithm for a long time that adjusts rates based on demand, similar to the way flights and hotels work. That's been a strong differentiator from us to keep properties full in the off season when most homes are sitting empty. Um, so, yeah, there's been you know that's where the focus has been, and I'd be happy to speak to uh, more of the things that we're doing along those lines as we as we continue the conversation today. I love Fantastic. it. I'm just
1: I love that you
0: pointed it. out. Yeah. <laughs> You pointed out some unique, um, and that was going to be my question, what's unique about Picasso, and, you know, you pointed out quite a few there uh, near the end. Alan, jump in, my friend.
1: I love this whole concept. I mean, I I don't know if I should apologize or if I should just own it, but I did a lot of designing for Wyndham, so we were the the firm we were at. uh, We have a friendly uh, competitor relationship with them. We we try to be
2: very open with our competitors, (laughs) We have a lot of sure. aligned interests. The industry is getting hit pretty hard on the regulatory mm-hmm. side right now. Yeah. So we always look to mm-hmm. to work with competitors whenever we can to to advocate, sure. you know, a fair regulation system.
1: Yeah. No. I, and and all the stuff that that I did for Wyndham was either new construction, or remodel, and it was multi multi use and, and and large. You know, we're talking you know three or four hundred keys, you know, and and, and bigger for oh, yeah. uh, for that. But it was. Um, but it was quite interesting because they talked about doing some of the things that you're doing, but, and how do I say this? Uh, politically correct. They didn't manage it. At, I don't think as well because the uh, the following wasn't there. Now it was a lot of it was timeshare, timeshare management. And uh, mm-hmm. there were challenges with that because they really couldn't cater to all demographics and uh, they didn't have the option to um, sort or, or to target individual, I didn't think in a way individual users. And so there's this wide, wide swing of uh, of users using the property. And I think what happens is uh, because they didn't they didn't have a, as good a control as I think maybe they should have. I can say this not because it's been a number of years since I've uh, been in the industry, but uh, they they weren't able to manage in, uh, the the experience. I think. And I think the experience is is key. People are going on vacation. They want to escape where they're at. They want to be able to have an experience. And that's something that you guys have, uh, have really done, I think, a great job at. Talk about, um, uh, you know, creating a, a little bit different environment. Because like what you just mentioned, you talk about, you know, noise canceling uh, technology. Make sure there's not a whole lot of parties. Most places can't afford to. Or either they don't have it in their algorithm or they don't have it in their, in their P&L to take that kind of detail. And I think that's what makes it really different because I know that there's a, a lot of people out there probably right now that that maybe have some some uh, extra knowledge in this industry and they might be asking themselves right now, you know, what's different from you than Airbnb? And I know you explained a couple of things that are different, but um, there was an article done uh, in Forbes magazine and I think that they uh, uh, interviewed Eric. Uh, about this, but there, there's there's a great uh, explanation in here of the difference between um, Airbnb and um, what Vacasa does. And can and I want I want people to read this article. It was it was written by uh, Bruce Rogers as a Forbes staff, I think, back in April of this year. And you can see it on on uh, the Forbes website. But go ahead and explain for us a little bit, uh, kind of in a in a very condensed version the difference between Airbnb expectation and Vacasa expectation when it comes to user experience.
2: Yeah, I'm really happy you brought that up because it's one of the most common questions I get when people ask me what I do and I start to explain it. Um, Typically, the first thing out of their mouth is, oh, like Airbnb. And so I always have to correct them and explain that Airbnb is a marketing channel. So the big difference between us and them is, they're essentially a potential partner for us. They are a partner for us in many markets where we market properties on Airbnb. But the big difference is with Airbnb, you're getting a wide range of uh, managers, many of whom are the homeowner themselves, who may be very far from the market that the property is in. So you get a wide range of experiences as a result. With us, it's a curated list. We have the full control over every property, on down to the maintenance and housekeeping and taking care of the home. So we, for instance, will have an out-of-order status where it, we're inspecting the homes constantly. If the home isn't up to a standard, that home isn't going to be rented through our site. Airbnb doesn't have an operational component, so they're not out in the field. They're just marketing it from you know a central office. So they're relying on the individuals who own the properties um, and some managers to take care of those properties And so that's that's the biggest difference, is just the experience the guest is getting. Um, There's a lot more that goes into it as well. Airbnb is one of many marketing channels. HomeAway is the other biggest one in the market. Uh, But there's Booking.com, TripAdvisor. More and more people are getting into the space. Expedia bought HomeAway last year. So Expedia is is paying more time and attention to vacation rentals. So if you're only on Airbnb, if your home is only listed on Airbnb, you're getting a small part of the overall market. with us, we're marketing on every channel that's relevant, including, you know, pushing direct traffic to our own site. So, from the homeowner side, the differentiation between Airbnb and us is really opening themselves to the entire market
1: rather than just... Uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost, we lost 20, them. They just, 20, they're just
0: gone. Sounded like someone hung up. Uh, yeah. 27 minutes. I got, yeah, 27. I got, we'll just stay on
1: yeah
0: they they just, they just
1: totally i think somebody hit the hit the button Actually, I i'm sure they're still 28
0: talking. 28 uh, we're on 20 yeah 28 yeah. 50, okay we'll just wait for them to jump back in um dude they are advanced uh you know just beyond and i can't wait to get into the technology piece um but if you haven't gone on their dollhouse uh view yet it's incredible
1: oh yeah no i've been all over their stuff i've um i've known about these guys when we've when we were talking about him, I was in the hospital. I think when you got, when, when Brian, you spent time talking to him,
2: they're back. Hi, Chris, <laughs> Sorry about that. I need to stop talking with my hands while I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I'm leaving it. this
1: Thank part you. in.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm originally from um, New Jersey. Yeah. So I, I, I learned my gesture in there, you know,
0: <laughs> but uh, you know, the magic's in the, uh, the magic's in the edit, uh, Cliff. It's all good. Um, <laughs> Okay, so carry on. Oh, yeah, so I was just speaking to some of the differences on Air,
2: for Airbnb and us. And so on the owner side, it's really just limiting the market that they're attracting. If they're only working with Airbnb, then they're limiting themselves for the rest of the market that doesn't use Airbnb. And if you look at the demographics, uh, it's quite interesting to see how it skews. Like HomeAway uh, owns VRBO. That's been a, a channel that's been around and established for a long time. There are a lot of uh, users that are comfortable and familiar with that, who are very loyal to it. Airbnb has typically attracted the new generation of vacation rental users, and it's typically more focused on urban markets. So, at the end of the day, I just try to explain it's like one of many marketing channels, the same way that you could look at Expedia, Kayak, uh, you know, Hotels.com in the hotel space. So. Airbnb is the equivalent of one of those, where we're more like the Hilton um, or something like that. I always try to differentiate ourselves from hotel chains, too, because when you stay in a Vacasa home, it's not like staying at a hotel where you're going to get the same experience no matter where you are. The unique part is really the, the home itself. The part that's consistent with us is it's going to be clean. It's going to have all the supplies you need. It's going to be transparent, so the photos you see are going to be what you get when you arrive, which is often a difference between us and an Airbnb or HomeAway or another marketing channel because there's no consistency in management for listing channels. So it's really that consistency for the owner and the guests, and on the owner side, it enables us to give them greater returns on
1: a financial um, side as well. Awesome. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here, Chris. I gotta I, I just want to elaborate. I'm gonna cliff, I'm gonna toot your horn a little bit more than, than you're very modest, but I'm gonna toot your horn more because what you guys are providing is an experience for both ends of the spectrum. You're providing an experience for the property owner, but you're also providing an experience for the end user, and they're completely different experiences. They're completely different expectations, and you found a way to blend those together so it's a win-win scenario. And as far as I know, there's really nobody else in the market that does that. They take one side or the other, and you guys have built-in algorithms to talk about how you can manage the property, and it, it comes down to how long does it take to clean, and what does it really mean to do this, and what does it mean to do that, and talking about the expectation of both. How did you guys d- decide that you wanted to really make that experience equal and uh, paramount on both sides of the table when your competition wasn't doing that? I know that's part of the democratization that's going on, but why did you guys decide to, to take on both sides?
2: No, I appreciate that, Alan. It's always better for somebody else to toot your own horn, So,
1: <laughs> but I, I think that
2: on our end, it's really... We started out probably skewed a little bit towards the owner because, I mean, to be honest, we needed inventory uh, before we could provide an experience for the guests. Um, I would say we, we sacrificed our margin at the beginning more than anything, though. Eric and I were out uh, repairing homes for free, essentially, all the time in the early days. So, I, I mean, I, I was basically pulling rodents out of homes and restoring them. <laughs> I was repainting homes. <laughs> Uh, replacing toilets, things that now I don't do as much. You know, <laughs> on occasion I'll do it just for fun. But Eric, like, re uh, Eric did the insulation underneath a cabin up in Mount Hood that I don't think anybody <laughs> had been in the crawl space for 20 years, so it was covered in wow. spiders and, and cobwebs and mouse. I'll find
1: Jimmy Hoffa out. up there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but we got dirty early on to make the owners happy, and so that was something that we also learned a lot from that experience in that. It wasn't scalable, so we had to start building a model um, that we could ask other people, employees, to reasonably do and execute on um, in a way that would still leave enough of a margin for us to effectively run the business. Uh, But I would say within that first year, we really captured that balance between the guest experience and the owner experience. I would say we were also a little bit too much like Nordstrom in the early days where the guest was always right no matter whether it was, they were clearly wrong. I think we came back a little bit on that just because as you both are probably aware of, I mean you, it's easy to be taken advantage of if, if you're in that situation. So um, you know, we have to protect our employees and our homeowners as well. So it's always a, a difficult balance because there, in some ways the owner experience and the guest experience are competing. But most ways, they're aligned. So what we focused on is how do we how do we really make those things shine through? For instance, most homeowners want their home to be in, in great condition uh, for their own arrival, for their property value, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and most guests will definitely want the home to be in great condition. The tension that you run into is whether the owner wants to spend the money they need to in order to keep the home in great condition. So that's the area where we had to use a kind of a carrot-and-stick mentality where you know we have that out-of-order status if the owner doesn't take care of their home, and we try not to use that unless we really need to because we always try to work with the owners. Um, and one of the areas we really did a great job with that was um, dealing with owners that didn't have the money to do that. We would actually advance the funds in the sense that we would pay the contractor ahead of time to fix something and then deduct it over time from their rent so that they didn't have a huge upfront expense, so they could start seeing the increase in rent and the improvement in guest reviews that came from that repair. And so that's something that I think was very core to our business early on, and we still look at that as a homeowner partnership where we're working with them to continue to improve their property, and we always try to be direct with them about, hey, you've got to set aside you know, 10% of your income every year that you get from this home to keep improving it or it's going to become outdated and it's going to become worn and then you're going to start getting poor reviews and the home won't perform as well. So I think it was, uh, it was nice that we came from the standpoint of, you know, Eric's experience as a homeowner. Um, And so that's what we always drew from whenever we spoke to owners about how to prepare their home for rental. I love that.
0: Now you guys, are really rocking out the technology, and I got to talk about that because I love the you know forward thinking. And as admittedly, as you were speaking, I'm on your um, your app on my iPhone, mm-hmm. and I got to give it to you because I just like while you were speaking, I was in the shower in doll in the dollhouse view <laughs> using <laughs> using my iPhone. To really check out this home, and the detail is absolutely incredible. The virtual tour is unreal, and when I tapped on it, you got to talk about this because I'd love to get your viewpoint on. Obviously, the world's changing; it's moving forward. There's new technology, there's new ways, and I'd love to hear your um, uh, how you guys are implementing that. But you obviously are, because I could actually go on my Oculus Rift and do a, an amazing virtual reality. Inside that home, if I chose, based on this one particular, but not all of them. With. How popular is it becoming with uh, things going on there in my mind right now? But I'm just kind of out there from technology, what you guys mm-hmm. are doing, where you guys are going with that. Um, but how popular is that with the uh, the uh, the fact that? You know, and that's be a very nice, attractive um, piece for you know your homeowners to be able to provide that to all uh, over the world that want to check out the home. I mean, that dollhouse just blew me away. That's such a cool oh, aspect. I have never seen that before.
2: Oh, certainly. That's, that's been a big differentiator. That's one of the things that we implemented this year. Uh, that's a partnership with Matterport. They're the, the company that created that technology. Um, and then we're, so we've worked with them to put that. And we will have it at every home soon. Um, it's a really... It's a really great technology. We actually even have some goggles that you can use here, where it it feels even more like a virtual reality experience because you're completely, you know, all of your senses are focused on the tour. But I would say the biggest driver for us on implementing that was to create more transparency for the guest experience, um, Mm -hmm. so that the guest can. One of the questions we always get is, you know, is there a ground floor bedroom that my grandmother can sleep in? Things like that. Uh, This virtual tour gives you that experience like you're walking in the home so you can see you know how large is the kitchen is there a, a nice play area for the kids all the tiny details that make such a difference in making it a great experience for everyone so that's why we provided it primarily but uh, you mentioned the homeowner experience it really has been a nice lift there because when we bring a new property on and we have this 3D tour there it's something that nobody else is offering to all all homes so it's something that we're really excited about, just providing that additional layer of transparency, and one more reason for people to come to our site directly, as opposed to shopping in all these different marketing channels out there.
0: I agree. It was incredible. I, I have to tell everyone listening, you know, our audience, um, to check it out, thecosta.com, and you can pick someone in the world that um, they uh, they're doing business with the homeowners and, you know, find a virtual tour because that was just, it blew my mind. I've never seen that before. And I was in um, a house that I know the area and I actually don't know the house particularly, but I'm inside the dollhouse and I'm looking around with this 360 view and I can pick anywhere in the home. And I put my finger on it and zoomed right in and and now I'm in the room and and the attention to detail, as you said, Cliff, is incredible, so that you can actually look at the finishings. So you can look at, hey, is this going to be awesome? You know, experience when we go there because you feel like I, I honestly felt like I was in the house. You know, I know that I'm looking at it on my phone. Um, I can only imagine what Oculus Rift will provide, as you said, other senses um, and that sensory. Uh, you know, being inside something that um, you know you're not there. You know, you're not there, but you feel you're there. Uh, which is incredible and i had to you know ask you that question because i i agree that that is something where the world is going and and um you know for companies like yourself that are ahead of that curve right now and providing that opportunity um and any homeowner out there right now listening in you definitely got to check this out because i I think that that is you know what people are looking for i do now that i know it's available cliff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm definitely checking out your site (laughs) because that just drew me 100% one hundred percent in, knowing that I can actually, you know, jump inside a house whether I have my goggles on or not, and I can look at the detail and the attention to detail. To your point, is this room large enough? Can my grandmother, you know, be on the first floor? Um, all those other things that you just mentioned. So, kudos, my friend. Kudos. That was oh, an incredible you. experience. That actually, awesome.
2: you know, the ability to implement something like that really comes from the fact that we are a technology company at our core. Uh, we always balance that technology aspect with the operational aspect where the majority of our employees are operational employees, but we have a a large uh, software development team here in Portland. And one of the things that we did early on was build our own property management software system. Uh, The first year of the business, we actually worked with Escapia, which is now owned by HomeAway. It's a great software, but it's really designed for a manager who manages one region, uh, there wasn't a software out there that we were able to find at that time that worked with us to manage multiple markets uh, with a lot of different challenges and, and changes. And so Eric actually built our first uh, first version of our software, and we're on version three or four now. <laughs> we've, uh, I have to give a lot of kudos to Lorenzo, our, our CTO, because he's been able to scale the software as we've grown, at least twice our size every year and that's not an easy challenge by any means, but what it enables us to do is act quickly when there's a differentiator available. So for instance, with Matterport, we're not working through a third party to integrate that into our software. We're doing it directly. Mm -hmm. So that direct path really enables us to, to integrate new things or to change as we see an opportunity much quicker than our competition can. It's it's also a major decision in terms of investment, though, as I'm sure you both know. I mean, hiring software developers is not cheap, and the system is not uh, something that we look at as a cost savings. It's Mm -hmm. more as uh, something that can keep us on the cutting edge and moving forward in technology.
1: Well, it's a disruptive technology in how you're using it. Sorry, Chris, I think I cut you off.
0: No, it's okay. It's totally cool. I love it. I'm just I'm very impressed, guys. And, you know, I think that um, this is just, you know, again, to the audience, um, the casa.com, you've got to check it out. It's it's just such a game changer in my mind, Uh, especially for those who want to, you know, check things out. I mean, you know, one day, uh, Cliff, are are you just going to, you know, allow people to virtually go on vacation and just stay at home?
2: <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. Um, that'll be an interesting thing for the environment as well, right? We will have less flights or anything going around. You can just uh, relax and enjoy everything in yeah. your home. No stress at the airport. So,
0: right be great. A, a, true, a true staycation. A true staycation. Yeah, um, you might not have much of a tan afterwards, I guess, unless you watch it in a tanning <laughs> bed. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows what's going to be available then? You just step into something, and you, you know, voila, you're uh, you're you're brown and, and and you're at home. So. Uh, <laughs> Cool, uh, Alan. What else do we have? I mean, I just that technology blew me away. I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna still be an. You know what? Now that I've seen it, guess what? He's gonna, gonna play on it all day. It. I know he is. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> gonna see it that I know. So this is this is great. <laughs> I, I just think it's incredible. Uh, think so. It really in fact, is. In fact, I'm going to post it today because I thought it was really cool, and I want everybody to see it that, you know, I'm associated with on all my social media. So how about that? Even though the show hasn't gone out yet, I'm excited to get that (laughs) out there and and have people check that out. So, again, kudos. That was just – well, I've got a huge smile. I just love it. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, and the great thing, you know, Alan was mentioning Santa Rosa Beach, where you are. Earlier, we actually have some great properties down there too. So, uh, the, mm-hmm. you know, if people want to go check out your neighborhood, we should send them on our site, do some virtual tours, pick out a great spot. And we also have properties here in Portland, where Alan and I live. So, uh, there's uh, the interesting thing as we continue to expand. That's something that gets me really excited. I'm an avid traveler. And over the past year, I've taken over uh, running our international division. And so that's where my focus is now. And we've uh, you know, launched Europe earlier this year. We have a lot of properties in Italy and Spain, uh, down in Chile as well, Costa Rica, Belize. And we're launching Uruguay right now. So uh, we'll be adding countries a lot faster moving forward now that we have the technology um, you know, basically set up in order to enable us to, to add international markets in a more streamlined manner. So. I'm really excited about that. It gives me a good excuse to travel and see new places.
0: <laughs> I want to cut right here, um, just to edit uh, this part. I'm just going to take it offline just for a second, just to ask a question. Happy to keep it in there um, when I do ask the question and, and you feel that it's, you know, it's something that you know, maybe we can blend in, but you get final cut on the, on the show. But I wanted to ask you a question because it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. Not only do people want to virtually see the house that they're going to stay in, but what about virtually seeing the area that they're going to be in um, and go beyond that, the restaurants they're going to be in, uh, to the shopping that's available? Can you see anything happening as you guys grow? Uh, And that's why I wanted to edit and and cut. um, Sure. No, you actually nailed it, though.
2: We're we're looking at that right now. Um, So the first goal with the Matterport technology was to get all of our homes, uh, get all the virtual tours on our homes. The next goal is is to work with local partners like the restaurants, like local realtors. Uh, anyone who can benefit from the technology that will also help our guests have a better experience or plan out, hey, we're looking for a certain ambiance. Does this restaurant fit that ambiance? Uh, at this, awesome. We have quite a few photographers on staff. Um, so one of the great things about that is we can basically bring them, you know, get them more work when we're doing something like this, get them the ability to go out and spend some more time shooting the area a lot of times it will just depend on the density we have in that market to make sure it's worthwhile. Sure. You know, so if we're going to go out and spend quite a bit of money shooting all these things, we just want to make sure that we're well-established in that market and that it's uh, going to have, you know, at least be cost-neutral to the business. So that's something we always look at. We always are willing to make an investment, and that's you know, where it comes in on the marketing side. There's always some value to doing that. But the other piece is just, you know, creating these relationships with local businesses. We love to send them as much business as possible. We're a very local-centric company in that we work uh, hard to work in the communities that, you know, we have all these homes in to ensure the local businesses are well taken care of, that we're sending the guests there, that they're really benefiting from the boom in tourism in these markets. So um, so I think this, you know, your, what you mentioned there is a, a key next step to further those relationships
0: I w- well, I absolutely, take- and you know, I can. And sorry, Alan, I just wanted to expand. No, go for it. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna be able to uh, obviously um, you know edit some of the, the stuff in this, but um, sure. what I wanted to uh, actually uh, make a point of is that wouldn't that be a benefit, you know, and an almost an extension to business opportunity um, to those restaurants to the. Um, activities that are, you know, around it, and would not become, you know, maybe an opportunity for them to, uh, you know, be part of a CASA in some way, you know, um, you know for those areas. And, and, and I know you guys are willing to put the investment in, but I, I think it looks like a revenue opportunity uh, from that perspective as well if you're going to promote, because that's essentially what it is, um, you know, any kind of promotion of the local uh, establishments, uh, activities and all that uh, for people when they go there. Um, so. Anyway, just some food thought around that.
2: Well, and the way we look at that, too, we we never really tried to make it, I would say, a revenue opportunity. It's more about providing a better experience for our guests. So if we can do the virtual tour of a restaurant and then also have some sort of a discount or free appetizer or something that the restaurant can give our guests, then it enhances their experience, and the more they can associate that with, you know, when I book through Vacasa, I get this great experience that that also helps engage me in the community. And that's one of the great things about vacation rentals for me compared to hotels. It's not that you're going to a place and being completely isolated from the community. You're going to a place and being embedded in the community. And so our guests really are looking for those local experiences. So it just helps us create an even greater bond between our guests and those local businesses. Um, Because I will say, like, sometimes... You'll go into a smaller town, and there will be a fear that the tourists will take over the town. And these are even places <laughs> where tourists are the reason the town existed in the first place, you know. So yeah, sometimes sure. just for the sure. fabric of the community changes quite a bit over time. So I think it's always important to keep that bond and keep the experience a positive one between the, the local community and the tourism community. But
0: I love Cliff, it. Cliff, I want
1: to take That's that. a great just idea. A- uh, a, a step farther and elaborate on what chris is uh, what Chris is talking about. And what we're talking about here is is collaboration and partnering. And that's what a lot of companies don't do because they fear that maybe there's uh, they can't control uh, the the unity that's going to happen. but when you can bring in like you said the opportunity to enhance and increase and and uh, deepen the experience with a guest, then you've got then you're building brand loyalty and which i know this that's not something new to you guys that that's a very a very prominent piece of what you're doing but it also uh builds brand loyalty with the environment and with the neighborhood and with the the surrounding businesses it almost creates a membership mentality uh to on, on both sides both the customer that's looking for an experience beyond just the room and board, you know, the bed and the key they're looking at for the, the, the overall experience. And then it gives the local vernacular that gives them an opportunity to be able to market to your guests as well. So that they get the full experience, you know, maybe there's a, a, a membership kind of thing that could, they could go on there and maybe you guys are, you know, investigating that with, with local, um, you know, companies, whether it's a profit or, or whether it's uh you know, just a, uh, uh, another another benefit. But you guys are are, are, are really expanding into uh, a unique uh, opportunity here to where a lot of this can be done with the uh, end user, the renter uh, or the leasee, whatever the case may be, uh, long before they decide to even book, uh, you know, book an escape. And I just kudos for that because I think you're you're leading down a road that a lot of other competition is going to want to play in, but they're going to have a lot of infrastructure they're going to have to put together in order to do that. So uh, again, hats off, kudos. I'm glad you guys are, are in Portland uh, uh, personally, you know, for, for us, but uh, it also helps uh, elevate the reputation of Portland. You know, we don't just get lost on the mountain. We don't just wear Birkenstocks and eat mushrooms. We have uh, some real Forward-thinking companies here that really put the client first, and uh, just you know, hats off, guys. And I can't say it enough. I'm I'm really excited for. I think you guys are just in the infancy of what's uh, of what's happening here with with experiential um, marketing and um, vacation experience. And I think there's going to be an awful lot more about on soapbox here. It's going to be an awful lot more people. They're going to take uh, work vacations. They're gonna be able to they're gonna be able to work remotely and they're gonna use your platform to say, okay, I wanna go work remotely, but i want to spend X amount of time and I wanna have an experience when I get there that I that I can anticipate long before I arrive. And that's something that a lot of it are companies and hotels and large key operators that don't have that experience yet. So kudos for uh for leading down that new road.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I appreciate and, it. And um, I just oh, go ahead, Mike. Right, I was Sorry. just going to make a, you know, a mention, a, a quick mention for our audience listening in. You know, it talked um, about the story, and I'm just going to recap. It started with a personal experience. It turned into an idea. Moved into a collaboration, or a mastermind, I like to call it, with some action, and an implementation, with some pivoting, and really a formula. In those, in that context, is how this company has grown to where you are now from the launch of 2010 to really you know, now narrowing in and, and providing that experience. And you said something very interesting and I want to point out. You guys are very much focused on the guest experience but making sure that the owners are happy by listing. And, you know, that's such a, a great, um, you know, connection between the two. Cliff, on, now, on just what I recapped, um, you know, from that, would that be bang on, you know, from that journey? Um, you know, along that way, and you know now five years later, tell us a little bit about or six years later. Tell us a little bit about uh, you know where you guys are right now as a company. and um I know Alan out some numbers and you know employees and all that sort of stuff. but give us uh, give us uh, you know your um, your view on what's happened, uh, you know from a growth because Like I said, personal experience to an idea, to a mastermind, to action, implementation, and then you guys pivoted a lot along along the way and and really narrowed in. What has that resulted in from where you guys started to where you are now?
2: Yeah, it's been an incredible journey, you know, and I think it's just beginning, as as you alluded to earlier. The the vacation rental industry as a whole is growing rapidly. Uh, We continue to grow rapidly within that. Uh, But I would say the biggest change over the past, year or two has really been the maturation process. I mean, we're a much more mature company now. We've been able to implement some of the things this year that, you know, we had to wait a while to ensure we were at the level to do it. Uh, A couple of good examples on that are things that are really focused on on creating, you know, a great space to work for our employees. We moved into a new uh, central headquarters in Portland in the Pearl District where we have everybody together on one large city block floor, <laughs> which is really great. So it fosters a lot of collaboration between the teams. Uh, we had grown so quickly, we kept changing offices every six months, and then we had two offices in Portland, and, and we still have one in Boise that has a great team out there. So we have worked on really bringing the company together more, as, you know, as much as we can do that, given that we're distributed across the world. Um, but beyond that, we, we implemented a $15-an-hour company minimum wage this year, which is something that I'm very excited and, and proud of. You know, we basically this covers the entire um, U.S. workforce, and in some markets, it's double the minimum wage for entry-level roles, such as we have a lot of housekeeping positions, customer service, reservation agent positions, and so it gives people an entry into, a, you know, a way to start with us without having to to be disadvantaged from a financial standpoint. So. Um, so that's something that I've been really excited about. We also just initiated a, a company option plan um, this year, so that's something that we're also excited about. It was very difficult to do as an LLC; we're still uh, privately held. So it's been a it's been a great journey, and we're starting to see the ability to implement some of those really social-minded programs, but. Uh, they're not just socially minded. It, and you know, Alan can allude, you know, can relate to this. Portland's a very, um, very good market for social entrepreneurship, and it's a good study in how social entrepreneurship is not, uh, is not bad for business. I mean, I think there's always a perception out there that if you, if you give away too much, you're just hurting your profit margins. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, our homeowners care about the reputation of our business and what we stand for. Our guests care about that. Our employees care about that. So, you know, we try to align our values as closely as we can to all of our constituents across the board. And this year has been exciting for me in that area because we've been able to implement more of those things where they've always kind of been on deck, but there's things that you never want to implement and then take away. So you always have to wait until you're 100% sure you can execute on them. um, And I'd say, you know, where that takes us in terms of the direction of the business, it's really all about, you know, building capacity for growth at this point, making sure that we have the right team in um, the right technology, the right programs to take us to that next step forward. We always have to be a little ahead of the game. And we, we can't, you know, there's a, a lot of perception in, in the business world that you need to be lean to survive, and I think that's true if you're not growing. But if you're too lean as you're growing, then you don't have the people you need when you get to that next step. And that's something that we maybe uh, we were a little too lean early on where we would would wait. You know, that's just, I think, a function of being a bootstrapped business um, and not having a lot of capital to play with. But um, the past year, we've been able to bring people on uh, before we need them, which allowed them to get up to speed and run their department successfully as it continues to grow. And so that's that's been it's been an exciting year on a lot of levels. We took our our first round of funding this year, our Series A, in April, um, and that's given us more flexibility to acquire other management companies. Uh, That's always you know the word acquisition can be a dirty word, in a lot of industries, uh, we always view it as a partnership. Uh, Essentially, in Mm -hmm. this industry, we're buying contracts uh, that are largely relationship-based. So. If we sure. do it aggressively, it would never work anyway, <laughs> and we always are working with the owners of the existing companies to ensure that they're on board, that they're excited about the program. In many cases, it enables them to either retire or to move into a role that's more aligned with what they're interested in. Most of the sure. companies we buy have had an owner that's working 24-7, you know, 365 right. for many years, so they're ready for a break. So, you know, that we've, we've got a lot of things going on. I just loaded a lot of things on you, but,
0: you know, no, it's always don't.
2: the way it is around here. We're never bored.
0: We're always looking for the next way to improve. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, uh, you know, again, this show just flies by. Would you check in with us again, Cliff, sometime, uh, you know, in 2017 and, you know, let everybody know where, you know, things are at from where they are today? And uh, would would you be able to come back on the show?
2: Oh, yeah, it would be my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun talking awesome. to you guys.
0: Awesome. I heard something really cool, and I'm going to throw it out there. You talked about team, technology, and time, and, um, you know, the triple T's there, and so important for, you know, companies. And, again, I want to relate back to the audience just for a second. And, and Alan, it's that time, brother. We've got to, you know, wrap the show up. But I know.
1: I know. Gonna I, I think I'm going to have to swing down there and, uh, visit you guys in your office <laughs> and, and well, continue the well, conversation.
0: <laughs> right. that would be our and pleasure. Anytime though. I am surprised Alan, that you weren't in there today doing the show, but yeah, anyway, probably should have been, tomorrow.
1: probably should have been, it's been a, a great place, a great way to do it. Maybe we'll do that on round two. Oh,
0: that round sounds great. Two, We'd love to have you here. Okay. That's well, awesome. For the audience, for the audience, uh, you know, um, listen again, you know, check out the Casa.com, you know, you heard it, you know, from Cliff, one of the, uh, the founders, um, about all the things that they went through to where they're at today. And, you know, I think that's an important thing. What is it in your life right now that you might have an idea and, you know, you haven't really taken any, uh, next steps on and, you know, but yet it could provide such a great opportunity and experience for people if, if it was available. Uh, so I challenge everybody in the audience to think about those things. You know, it started with solving a problem, um, you know, from a from a personal experience. And, you know, like I said, germinated this idea. Um, and with some others, brought together new perspective and then created this, you know, action plan, uh, which then was implemented. And uh, along that way, uh, created that pivot uh, that... Uh, Cliff had talked about um, to get aligned with, you know, the core values out there of the people that it affects, um, both guests and owners, and the, you know, social environment or the community that uh, um, they uh, they occupy. So, you know, Cliff, thank you so much uh, for being on uh, the show. Sarah, uh, thanks for listening in as well, and we're glad you are here with us to experience this. Uh, Alan, always a great pleasure, my friend um chatting and and you know this was a great show i i just love it I'm, I'm i'm jacked i can't wait to you know start posting this out there but we've got a couple one minute or so alan do you want to you know provide any thoughts um and and then we'll uh we'll bring it to a, a close
1: well yeah thanks chris and, and it has <clears throat> pardon me it has been a, a real joy to be able to talk with everybody today chris as usual it's always a a great experience to be able to uh to be able to bring great guests on and uh, to have the uh, the communication the experience back and forth that we want to be able to bring to our audience. And we've done that, uh, yeah, I think, uh, well today with with some great guests and uh, some great experience for the listeners. So, Chris, thank you so much. And and Cliff. Um, yeah, I think we're just scratching the surface here, but I think there's a lot more things we're going to be able to to help you bring to um, the audience, and, and I know we'd be honored to do that. And uh, I'm excited, uh, what we've already talked about today, and I'm really excited about what we're going to be able to talk about next. But uh, yeah, um, I just, I, I, I'm glad that there is a company out there that is doing this. Uh, you know, 12, 14 years ago, um, we started to do this in architecture and it never caught on. Um, it just wasn't where and we were hospitality architects, and it just, the, the company didn't want to go there, and and a couple of us saw the vision, and I'm glad you guys have, have taken that, and uh, have seen some similar things, and have really been able to scale and ramp this to to really provide an opportunity for for both uh, both sides of the table. So anyway, well done. Uh, without my waxing, Chris, we're we're running out of time here, but uh, I know we've got a couple of questions we'd like to uh, ask Cliff to give us a little bit more insight to uh, Cliff and the company uh, for our audience
0: yeah absolutely uh, and you know with the last little bit of time we have um we're gonna ask you just a couple of questions you know from your perspective as you know personal um experience along the way and and your growth i I think it's always interesting to uh find out you know what do you read like what is your favorite book? what can you recommend to our audience um
2: yeah uh, i I think you know for me, I love really anything about uh well, I read a lot of business books in general, but I think what I'm more passionate about uh, would be like Upcycle, books about how we deal with environmental issues moving forward in a creative way. I think, you know, what we've seen throughout history, at least in the U.S., is people only will move uh, and change behavior, like change behavior faster for economic reasons, um, even if a major problem is facing them. So. I think, right. you know, looking at creative solutions for how we can work towards a, uh, a more sustainable environment moving forward is a critical thing. Um, so, I would say, you know, I often, my, my reading is my escape, so I also read about uh, the places I go visit a lot for work. So, for instance, I was recently read The Southern Tiger, which is a book about the history of Chile, like during the Pinochet years and everything. So. I like to be more informed when I go to a country, so I'm not uh, an ignorant person when I'm, <laughs> I'm entering their country, so
0: I that's agree. always
2: a, a fun thing for me, but a lot of great books out there, awesome. but, yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, so one question, and then Alan's going to finish up. Um, what What's Picasa's next bold move?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think... You know, for me, uh, maybe I'm a little biased, but on the international side, my goal is to get us in every market in every country. How quickly that happens is going to depend on many factors, many of which we don't control. But we're, we're accelerating towards that point. And I just envision a scenario where you, know, you can go to, I do some work in Uganda with a nonprofit that I work with. I feel like if you ask most Americans what their thought of, of Uganda, they would know very little about it. But making places that are currently inaccessible to people because of some, mostly irrational fears is a goal for me, uh, personally, within the structure of the company. Um, but, you know, our initial bold move is to really just continue that expansion into into new markets, including places like Hawaii that are huge opportunities domestically. So um, every new market is uh, presents new challenges for us, so we're excited for those.
1: Love it. Thank
2: you
0: so much Alan take us away my friend
1: hey this has been a great uh, a great experience but uh, like all great experiences they have to come to an end but before we do that cliff I want to ask you just one question we try to leave the audience uh with you know a, a little bit of a cliffhanger <laughs> my joke for <laughs> my joke for the morning um, what one bowl I just thought of that too is thats just that's that's bad. Um, what one bold move would you like to leave with the audience, something that they can uh, implement today, uh, either in their business or in their life, to really enhance uh, where they're headed today, tomorrow, and the day after?
2: Yeah, I would say the number one piece of advice I can give is to reach out to someone that has a completely different background than you. I think people have a lot of misperceptions and you know, basically stereotypes about people they don't know. So that can be as simple as, you know, if if you're in one political party, reach out to someone on the other side or, you know, some of uh, from a different country, from a different race. uh, I I see far too much, uh, you know, stereotyping in that area. And the best things I've learned in life have come from people that have grown up with completely different experiences than I've had. So
1: that's my best piece of advice, I would say. Great piece of advice. That's a great piece of advice. I'm going to implement that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank hey. you so much.
0: Yeah.
2: Thank you both. It's been a pleasure.
0: Great. Well, listen, audience, thank you for listening in. You guys uh, are absolutely um, amazing, and, and we love the questions. We love uh, the fact that, you know, you're paying attention and, and you're learning from this. Uh, come to info at com if you have any uh, comments. Of course, when we post this, uh, listen in and share it with your friends. Uh, this has been such a great show. Thank you so much, uh, Cliff, for taking some time out of your busy day. And Alan, um, always a pleasure, my friend. And of course, it wouldn't be a show without you saying, Do something nice for someone today.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.